0: You are Locked On Rockets, your daily Houston Rockets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The news keeps on coming. A day after ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reported that the Rockets would be aggressive this offseason, making their entire roster and all future draft picks available in trade talks, Woj then broke the news on Thursday afternoon that's relevant to the Rockets on another front. The long-held, or so-we-thought, contract extension talks between head coach Mike D'Antoni and the franchise, they're now officially off. D'Antoni and his agent telling Woj first that talks were off, and then Mike confirming the news himself to several Houston-area media outlets Later Thursday afternoon. So, to talk about what it all means for the Rockets and this franchise moving forward, welcome in to yet another new episode here at Locked on Rockets, your podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Ben Dubose, Rockets correspondent with Sports Talk 790, the team's official radio flagship in Houston. Today's show is again sponsored by our friends over at Gallery Furniture, where their incredible Memorial Day Super Sale has now been extended. Visit any Houston area Gallery Furniture location or go to galleryfurniture.com to take advantage of all the specials. Boy, this has been a busy week. This is Thursday night, and typically in the off-season, we have two or three shows a week instead of our usual five daily ones during the year. There's not always enough news in the off-season to be a true daily show. Well, in this case, this is our fifth show in six nights because with the 2019 Houston Rockets, it's one thing after another. If it's not the personnel, now it's the coaching staff. As I see it, there are two primary angles that are most important for Rockets fans as far as the takeaways. First, there's why the Rockets aren't sold on Mike D'Antoni beyond 2020. And second, there's why the Rockets aren't afraid of any repercussions on the market this summer, be it coaches, players, whatever it may be, due to a perceived lack of stability after this year at the head coaching position. First, let's explain why the Rockets and D'Antoni couldn't come to an agreement. Why the Rockets aren't sold that the guy who's led them to three consecutive seasons of 55, 65, and 53 wins after inheriting a 41-win team still isn't worthy, in the franchise's eyes, of an extension. And the initial thing, and this is something that I've been stressing since the season ended and the Rockets lost in Game 6, for the Rockets and Mike D'Antoni, It's not just about the records on paper. This is a situation where for the Rockets as a franchise, they are at a weird point, maybe not to the same point as Toronto with Dwayne Casey a year ago, when they let go of a guy that was going to become the NBA coach of the year. But I don't think it's too dissimilar from the standpoint of the Rockets have been a contender for so many years. They have the MVP of the league in James Harden, and yet they just cannot get over this hump in the Golden State Warriors. So there have been a lot of teams throughout the history of NBA basketball that have moved on at points like this to see if a new voice might help. And perhaps that's part of what's going on with Toronto in the finals as I'm recording this and Nick Nurse, it's hard to say because they also acquired Kawhi Leonard last tough season. As far as the Rockets and MDA, to me, that is the reason for the relative hesitation, the indecision, however you want to frame this. It's not that they are disappointed on paper with what he has brought them. In fact, from a PR standpoint, it would have been much easier for the Rockets to commit to an extension. That would have been the easy path. The fact that the Rockets, despite it being the obvious PR move and the cost probably not being that expensive, we learned from Jonathan Fagan after the Rockets, Daryl Morey, Tillman Fertitta, Tad Brown, they all went behind the camera later Thursday afternoon to talk about where things stood. Their offer, according to Tillman, the owner, was five million on the extension year plus one million as a bonus for each round the team advanced into the playoffs. Now that could have conceivably been eight, nine million dollars to get to the NBA finals or win a championship. It also could have been as low as five, which is slightly below market rate. And with Dantoni represented by one of the most influential coaching agents, that's probably why they felt like they wanted to. Push back and that it wasn't enough compensation for a guy that's had their results. And as far as the Rockets are concerned, I think they probably knew by making that offer that it was unlikely to be accepted. That's my read of the situation. Because I really don't think that $1 or $2 million, whatever the small gap was between the base salary of $5 that the Rockets say they offered and whatever D'Antoni was willing to... Except according to Dan Tony, who leaked the story that Talks had broken off, they were unwilling to offer a non-performance-based deal. The Rockets, it was always performance-based. Tony was even willing to go to just a one-year extension from 2020 until 2021, but he didn't want it to be as performance-based. In my opinion, the Rockets had to know, at least early on in the Talks, that that wasn't something that Mike wanted to do. And I highly doubt that the one or two million dollars between the five million dollar base and, say, increasing the base to six or seven and diminishing the incentives a little bit, especially for a team that's had so much playoff success the last few years, was really the point in which the negotiations broke down. That seems a little bit silly, especially when you consider the owner, Tillman Fertita, is known in his time at the University of Houston, where he's been the major bankroller of the athletic department this decade, chairman of the Board of Regents, he has always invested heavily in coaches. On the football side, Dana Holgerson, Tom Herman, the basketball side, Kelvin Sampson. U of H has consistently invested above their weight class in coaches. We have seen Tillman step up financially time and time again for that particular position. So I do not believe that this is a matter of pinching pennies, especially when the reality is the base salary would have been increased anyway if the Rockets advanced at least a round or two in the playoffs, and that's something with James Harden that's always very likely. I think the Rockets understood that that deal was unlikely to be accepted. In my opinion, they did not want to go beyond 2020. I think they wanted to say that they made an effort, and by doing this, they can say to the media, they can say to D'Antoni that they tried. But I think the moral of the story is that they are reluctant to buy in. That, to me, is the far and away biggest storyline. I don't think it's about money. That doesn't fit with Tillman Fertita's M.O. with coaches, and in the grand scheme, that's a pretty small expense. And even if the Rockets move on from D'Antoni after next season, it's going to cost to get a new coach in here that has any accomplishments. It's not like you're just going to line item that out. You're going to be paying for a coach. That is a cost. So I don't think this is something that the Rockets are trying to skimp on by any means. And in fact, with Mike D'Antoni's age, he's going to be 69 years old next season when his contract is up in May or hopefully June if the Rockets are playing into the NBA Finals. This is not a guy that's going to have a lot of outside interest. That's what I've said before. This is someone at 69 years old. He's not going to make sense for two-thirds of the teams in the NBA because if you're a lower tier team... You're not going to want to hire a guy who's going to be 73 by the time you're ready to contend, and then you're going to have to go through a new cycle. You're going to hire a guy, if you're one of those two-thirds, that you can grow with. And if you're a top-tier team, number one, there's not very many vacancies anyway at that level. And number two, it's doubtful even if there is a vacancy that's going to be a fit for Mike D'Antoni's style. I think the Rockets and Mike D'Antoni, they both know that he's not going to have that many options, at least at the head coaching level, next to offseason. And I think that's why we heard that Mike D'Antoni... Despite starting off negotiations by telling Woj that he was willing or that he was wanting to coach three more years, according to Jonathan Fagan of The Chronicle, after Thursday's leak, the negotiations were off. Dantoni was even willing to accept a one year deal as long as it wasn't as performance based as what the Rockets were proposing. I think both sides understood, and this goes into why the Rockets are willing to draw a hard line in the sand, that Dantoni doesn't really have that many options after next season. To me, that's another part of this equation. What it keeps coming back to for me is that it has to be about the basketball. I don't think it's that the Rockets want to move on from Mike D'Antoni now. If that were the case, and this were some clever ploy to perhaps get him to walk away from his contract without having to fire him, I don't think they would have been prepared to go behind the camera a couple hours after receiving the news that D'Antoni had broken off extension talks. I don't really think that's the plan of action if they're hoping that he'd walk away from the money or potentially contemplating firing him if they can't get him to do that. No, it seems pretty clear that the Rockets value D'Antoni, and they don't think they're at a 2018 Toronto Raptors situation just yet. However, they're also not willing to bypass their optionality, which comes from D'Antoni's option... Being up after next season and then being able to move on without any sort of long-term commitment. Now you can argue that Tita not wanting to give D'Antoni a new contract and then fire him. You can argue that that's about the money, sure. But at that point, we're talking about well into the ten and potentially twenty million dollar range in terms of what you would be eating here. I don't think it's about the money from the standpoint of oh the Rockets were offering five million, but. If they would have offered six or seven, then they would have gotten the deal done, and that's what the Rockets wanted. No, I don't think the Rockets wanted it, period. I think they wanted the optionality, maybe partly because of finances, because sure, nobody wants to throw away 10 or $20 million. But above all else, the Rockets just aren't sure after this season and all the upheaval what's going to happen from a basketball standpoint. They want the option of moving on. And I can't blame them for that. Keep in mind that Gerald Murray. He has not really gotten to choose his coach. Mike D'Antoni was a Les Alexander hire. So was Kevin McHale before him. J.B. Booker's staff was just an interim desperation move. Mike D'Antoni, I don't think that he's out of alignment with Daryl Morey. But it's not like having your guy, and when you are as accomplished as Daryl is, and the team is so close, yet still can't get over this hump, it's natural to wonder, could you do a little bit more if perhaps... I got to bring in one of my guys. I don't think he wants to do that yet. I think the Rockets understand what Mike has done. And generally speaking, he's been one of the league's best coaches in his three years in Houston. But the Rockets are at one of these odd points. And it's especially with James Harden being 30. Next summer, he'll be 37. Every year is so precious that especially over these next two or three, you want to have the freedom to do everything it possibly takes. That ties into the story that Woj put out on Wednesday about the Rockets being aggressive and everything being on the table as far as their roster, draft picks, et cetera, et cetera. The Rockets like their team, but in the NBA, just being good is not good enough, especially in this era of the Warriors. You get to be historically great, and to get there, you may have to take some risk. Sure, if you move on from Mike D'Antoni, you could take a step back, but that may be the risk you have to take in order to potentially find a perfect fit and take a step forward. I don't think the Rockets want to do that now. If they did, and this was a case of they were trying to force Mike D'Antoni out and they did not want him to be the coach, besides the fact that they're not firing him, I don't think they go behind the camera two hours after D'Antoni leaks the news that he's broken off negotiations. To me, to turn around that quickly and endorse him and talk about how you're moving forward with him, I don't think there's anything drastic going on here. But I also don't think it's just as simple as a financial negotiation and Tillman being unwilling to get to the exact price point. No, for the Rockets to be this hesitant, despite D'Antoni's asking price being as low as just one year, we're talking about one year at 6 or $7 million, a pretty average base when it comes to big market coaches in the NBA. The fact that the Rockets were unwilling to even go there for one extra year should tell you there's something on the basketball side that's making them hesitant. We've seen enough evidence of that really for two weeks now. As soon as the season ended after Game 6, the Rockets went silent for nearly a week, didn't do their exit interviews. Everything to this point in public, they've said all the right things as far as stay the course, they'll keep plugging along. But behind closed doors, there's always been more to the story. You know, they are bothered by how close they are, and yet they still can't get over the hump. To me, this signals more than anything this is not purely about finances. This is about a hesitation from the Rockets to buy into Mike D'Antoni, despite his accomplishments, despite the fact that he's been really good in this NBA to get over the Warriors who are playing in the NBA Finals for a fifth straight year as I'm recording this podcast on Thursday night. You have to be not just good not even very good. You have to be great. And I think the Rockets want to preserve as many options as they can in their process over the next two or three years, the last true years of James Harden's prime, to potentially get there. Now we'll talk about the other side of the D'Antoni equation in just a few moments, that being why the Rockets aren't afraid of the market repercussions of not securing a coach beyond one year. But before we get there, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Gallery Furniture and their incredible Memorial Day Super Sale, which has now been extended. Visit any convenient Houston-area Gallery Furniture location today at 6006 North Freeway, 7227 West Grand Parkway South, or 2411 Post Oak Boulevard to shop the largest ever inventory of solid wood Amish-made furniture in Gallery Furniture history. Plus, enjoy amazing deals on name-brand mattresses, including Sealy, stunning bedroom styles starting at $599, beautifully upholstered sofas priced as low as $399, entire dining sets from as low as $599, and so much more. Gallery Furniture is receiving new shipments of quality furniture after Memorial Day weekend, and you can enjoy the amazing Memorial Day savings on these brand new items, too. Gallery Furniture is proud to now serve a wider range of Houstonians with low prices on quality furniture for every room in your cherished home. Shop Gallery Furniture's extended Memorial Day Super Sale savings today and enjoy your new quality furniture purchases in your home within three or four hours when you choose same-day delivery. You can also check them out at galleryfurniture.com. All right, resuming our program this Thursday evening, this is Locked in Rockets. I'm your host, Ben DuBose. Segment one, we looked into the Mike D'Antoni decision, opting to break off negotiations with the Rockets, what it said about the Rockets and Mike D'Antoni, why they're unwilling to commit to him. Beyond that, here in the second segment, we want to look at why the Rockets are willing to do that, even if there are repercussions in terms of the perceived stability or lack thereof of the franchise. Now, for starters, we should note that it's not the Rockets that publicly made this decision. I said on Wednesday night's show that something would have to happen within the next few days or weeks because of the assistant search. The Rockets let go of Jeff Bezdelic and also four other assistants, well, three assistant coaches and the video coordinator this offseason. So they have five vacancies on the staff. And the perceived stability of Mike D'Antoni could be a factor in terms of going after those guys. There's also the fact that the Rockets have said they want to be aggressive this offseason. And in terms of trades, free agents, whatever it may be, you want to put your best foot forward as a franchise. Obviously, the Rockets, despite those factors, not being willing to meet in the middle for even one year on Mike D'Antoni, it should tell you that they don't see those as threatening as a lot of people wondered that they might be. So in terms of the reasons for that, I can see a couple. Let's start with the coaching staff. One thing that might have been overlooked in this process was the history of Daryl Morey coaching decisions that were exclusively Daryl Morey. For example, he hired Kevin McHale and Mike D'Antoni as head coaches in his time in Houston. But the more we've read about those, the more we've learned after the fact that those were largely then-owner Les Alexander decisions. He was the guy that was really pushing. In fact, if you look at the last coaching search, it was Steven Silas, a relatively young and unknown assistant, and Jeff Van Gundy, who had pedigree and had been out of the NBA 10 years as a broadcaster, that seemed to be Daryl Morey's favorites, Throughout the process. So, in terms of the stability of the job, what it means for luring coaches, it might mean a heck of a lot if you're going for a rank and file type that either has a job somewhere else or is sorting through three or four offers and if Mike D'Antoni is only on a one-year deal and you might move on from him after the season, then maybe that's less attractive for the coach and his family than somewhere that says they're set for three or four years, although anybody can go back on their word in this business. It is what it is. Besides that aspect of it, the reason the Rockets might not be as afraid of those repercussions, when you look at Joe Morey's history, the guys like Silas, Jeff Van Gundy out of the broadcasting booth, it's not as if he's gone after that many of the true rank and file types, the traditionals. Morey seems to prefer guys that are a little bit out of the box. Perhaps he wants types that are more in alignment with his thinking, the front office. So it could be that he's not going after a Jeff Bezdelic clone, someone that has that same type of experience or pedigree. They could be thinking outside the box. It also could be that maybe they're going high enough on the food chain. We've mentioned guys like Tom Thibodeau, Dave Yeager before, someone that feels like they're accomplished enough that no matter what happens, they'll be fine. They have other opportunities. Or who knows? Maybe the Rockets already have some wink-wink understandings somewhere. You never know. The point is, the Rockets do not seem as threatened by that as I expected them to be. And it was really telling because I said Wednesday night I expected the Rockets to be pushing for resolution in the days and weeks ahead. In fact, it was Dan D'Antoni, not the Rockets, who broke off negotiations In part because I think D'Antoni and especially his agent, they're worried about precedent in terms of setting a mark, coaching salaries. And with D'Antoni's agent having so many other clients, I think they wanted the headlines of them being the ones to pull out rather than the Rockets just dragging this out. Because what we know now, it seems pretty clear that the Rockets, from a coaching standpoint, didn't feel as threatened as a lot of us thought they might be in terms of whether that's the right decision Honestly, it's tough to say. We don't know who they're going to hire, and we also don't know who the alternatives that they might lose because of that. All I'm doing is explaining what the possible rationale is. And when you think back to the guys that we know that Gerald Morey himself actually liked, then perhaps it's a slightly different tier than the more established sitting coaches that some of us were wondering if they might go after to try and get more of a bestelic clone, if you will. Perhaps we're going a different direction, and those types... Look, the Rockets are not an unattractive job. Even if there's a lack of stability, at least perceived, after a year, it's one of the two or three best teams in the NBA. Historically, it's a franchise with a ton of prestige. The pay should be good. You have James Harden in his prime. It's a good situation. It's not like, even if they can't say there's 100% stability after one year, that coaches are not going to be interested. No, it's just comparatively, it is a negative relative to, in theory, if the coach we settled for four or five years, at least contractually. The Rockets, obviously, are not that worried about that. So here we are. That's why I think the coaching side of it, the Rockets aren't that intimidated. Will that prove to be worthwhile thinking? We'll have to wait and see. The other side of it, and this is where I feel that I'm especially in line with management's thinking, is on the free agent market and with players. That angle, and I've seen some talk to that degree... How do you sell yourself to Jimmy Butler or any free agent you want to come here that has other options to either opt in or take a discount, do something drastic to get to Houston? Players in the modern NBA at this level, they want to play with other stars. It is a player's league. LeBron's Cavs went from David Blatt to Tyron Lue. No one really said a thing. Steph Curry's Warriors went from Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr. And that was after the Warriors had signed Andre Iguodala a year before that. Players aren't signing in these types of locations for a coach. Now, it's not that the coaches are relevant. In theory, you'd like your coach to be likable. But they understand, the players do, that there is upheaval. These things happen. At the highest level, when you're talking about true top five guys, LeBron, Curry, Harden, Durant, Kawhi, they are the system. If you are coming to play in Houston, you're not coming to play for Mike D'Antoni. You're coming to play for James Harden. And to a lesser extent, Daryl Morey, because everybody knows analytics, what the Rockets' general principles are. But above all else, you're playing for James Harden. So I don't think in terms of market viability this summer, what the Rockets are trying to do, can the Rockets bring in Jimmy Butler or get another free agent to maybe take a big MLE discount? That's going to be James Harden recruiting and who wants to play with him and how they perceive him. That's not going to be that much about the coaches. Sure, they'll have the coach in there for a meeting, but NBA players know, especially at the highest level with their expectation, coaches come and coaches go. That angle to me is definitely overplayed. I don't see the stability angle affecting the Rockets all that much in terms of trade, free agency targets, and how much the Rockets are valued around the league. I don't buy that at all. The one angle I could buy would be with assistant coaches because undoubtedly there are going to be some coaches that would be turned off by not knowing after the first year what the status of the head coach is. Because, sure, if you bring in a new coach after one year, he might want to have his own staff. And at that point, you could be out of a job. But there are also possibilities where maybe the Rockets aren't looking at that tier. Maybe they already have some agreements. Or maybe they're looking at guys who aren't afraid by that. Or who knows? Maybe even some of them will see it as an opportunity. I go here. And perhaps I put my best foot forward, and if there's a vacancy, maybe I get that vacancy, especially if James Harden likes interacting with me, that type of thing. There's lots of possibilities, but at least in that case, I can see where the risk is. There are definitely going to be some coaches. It's just a matter of whether, A, the Rockets want those coaches, and B, if they do, how much of a drop-off is there between that tier and who the Rockets ultimately get? There is a risk, a trade-off there. With the players, I don't really think that's there. I understand what the Rockets are thinking on that front, and personally, I think they're going to be just fine. So in terms of the Rockets and MDA, to me, those are the two storylines. Why the Rockets aren't willing to commit to MDA, I don't think it's him. Overall, I think he's done very well. I think it's just this weird spot that the Rockets are at as and them, wanting to preserve their optionality, no matter what the trade-offs are. I don't think D'Antoni is going to have an attitude problem. He's level-headed. I think he gets it. I don't think they're worried about him. And I think based on his age, they understand that if he does a really good job, they can sign him next offseason. They're not too worried about that. So ultimately, I'm not worried about the chemistry, those types of aspects. I just think it's a calculated risk when it comes to the coaching staff, those types of things. And will it work out? Time will tell. But as we chat on this Thursday night, the last Thursday of June, May 30th, and the opening of the NBA Finals. The Rockets aren't playing, but it's not that they're not active. They're just working on other fronts. Before we finish out our show, I do want to remind you guys, as always, about our awesome sponsors over at Himalaya. Because without their support and other sponsors like them, we would not be able to bring this show to you as frequently as we do. The only daily podcast covering Houston Rockets basketball. And folks, to get the show every day, you can and should subscribe to the Lockdown Rockets on Himalaya's new podcast app. In this ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally created playlist and new features each and every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Lockdown Rockets. And with that, I think we can put a bow on this Thursday evening episode of Locked on Rockets, our recap of the Mike D'Antoni contract situation. As always, I appreciate you guys so much for tuning in. And my hope is that over the next few days, I'll get some rest. Typically, as I said off the top, this is when we have two or three episodes a week, it's a little bit of a chance to recharge. That's not the case with the Rockets, who are active on every front. They're aggressive for a reason. They know they're close, and that's when you have to take your most risk, because opportunities like these with James Harden and his prime, they don't last forever. General Morey is very acutely aware of that, and that's why you're seeing these moves. It's not because they're a franchise that's in chaos or disarray, as I've seen suggested. No, the fact is, when you are this close it means that this is the time to take risk. If you're building, that's when you err more on the side of continuity. That's when you give more shots at organic growth because you're not gonna win a title anyway. So sure, why don't you evaluate a little bit more what you have? In this case, because you are that close, because you have a rare opportunity to actually win a ring, that's why optionality is at a premium. So, no, it's not that they're in disarray. It's a little bit of the opposite of that. It's that they are so damn close, as close as you can be without being there, that they realize how precious every season is. And that's why, no matter how good it is, every position in the organization is under review. Because if you can go from eight out of 10 to 10 out of 10, then conceivably you've got to consider that. And it's not just Mike D'Antoni, it's everyone on the roster, it's the GM. It's everyone affiliated with the Houston Rockets organization. They are close. This is when you need to max out. And that's what they're trying to do. And personally, I don't have a problem with that style and that approach. Anyway, that's my closing thoughts on this Thursday night. Hopefully, I'll get a few more days that I have these last few to rest up. And then, of course, we'll be back at the beginning of next week. That's the plan. But, of course, if there's news in the interim over the weekend, we will break in as needed with news. Until our next episode, whatever that is. The best place to follow me and get updates in the interim is on Twitter. I'm on there at Ben the DuBose, and the show is on there at Locked Rockets. Rockets. end that, we've got a website at LockedOnRockets.com, a Facebook account at Facebook.com slash LockedOnRockets, an email address, LockedOnRockets at gmail.com. All of those are ways you can access prior episodes. You can ask me questions about the team, make suggestions for the show, those types of things. Or you can inquire about how to become a potential advertiser and sponsor of the program, just as our friends at Gallery Furniture were today. Remember, the incredible Memorial Day Super Sale over at Gallery Furniture has now been officially extended. Visit any Houston area Gallery Furniture location or go to galleryfurniture.com to take advantage of all the specials. And beyond listening and supporting all the sponsors, please remember that you can also help the show by subscribing on the new Himalaya Podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Leave five-star reviews wherever you can. Oh, and you get in your car. You can even tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Rockets and listen to our most recent episode that way as well. Same applies for when you're in the gym or anywhere that you're listening or working with your voice assistant provider. Once again, thanks to all of you for listening, and please come back very soon for more episodes right here at Locked on Rockets, your podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.